0: Welcome to the Gap Church podcast where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Thank you God. Can we just clap for God one more time? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much uh worship team. Wonderful job. Thank you Anu. Thank you band. Can we just give a round of applause for them? My time is almost gone, but you know what? It is what it is. That's the Lord's will. That's what he wanted. Mm-hmm. How are you all doing? My name is Dara Ropotusen. I'm one of the GAP leaders here, and I have the privilege to actually come and share a word with you all. I'm super excited, and I know that God <clears throat> has literally already <clears throat> already like preached some of the message, so we just thank God for that. But before I hop into it, let's just go ahead and pray real quick. So, Heavenly Father... We say thank you, God, because you've already touched touched us right now, God. We're already in your presence, Lord. We felt you so, so, so clear, God. So we thank you, Lord, for every person here, every heart in here, God. We ask, Holy Spirit, open the hearts of your children. Open their ears to receive what you have for them, God. We pray, Lord, that even as I speak, I will not be my own speech, Lord. I pray, God, that uh, the Holy Spirit speaks through me, Lord. And we just... We just soak everything in your blood, Lord. Soak everything in the oil, God. In the mighty name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Man, what a way to start service already. Man, I'm sure some of y'all are like, still trying to get your edges back from last week. <laughs> and then, bang. <laughs> man, uh, can we just give it up for Lilati last week, man? First yeah. Um Like, I don't, I'm going to be real. I don't think I've ever in my life... Like heard somebody say that, what happened was their message. <laughs> they didn't even preach. The message just happened. That's the first time I've ever in my life seen that. Uh, and I'm not gonna try and do that because <laughs> that's a whole nother level, right there. <laughs> but I believe that God has something for somebody here. Um, and you know, I, I believe that uh, as I was preparing this message because God gave me this message probably about like two weeks ago. So it's like. She was just like bang this is what you're gonna preach this is what you this is what the gap needs to hear so i was like okay cool i like this you know and and the way it came up was you know we're in april right now and uh i don't know about you guys if you've been watching the news or so they've been doing a lot of like anniversary things from last year like covid memorial stuff like around this time the first uh the first this person did this or around this time like America had got their first case, all these things like that. And I started to think, like, dang, first of all, look at all of us in this room. Can we just give glory to God that we're breathing, that that we are not a statistic? I don't like to compare anything like that, but there's a reason that you're still alive. And, and it's amazing, because this time last year, this room was empty. <laughs> this Sunday that we're probably doing last year, we were probably recording it like on a Thursday. The worship team probably had to record something because we're streaming it on YouTube. How times change. And you know, I started to think to myself like, wow. I never thought in my lifetime that I would ever have to go through a situation like the pandemic. I'm sure none of us did. None of us just wake up and like, shoot, I feel like we're going to be locked in our houses for three months. No. No one thinks like that. But when I reflected, I started to think to myself like, how crazy is, is it that a little thing that we could not see was what kept us in the house? How crazy is it that something that we thought was a joke, that we thought wasn't serious, that we thought was over there, wherever that was, even as I was leaving London, because I was in London in February of last year, and I was coming into America, and the first case had just hit London when I, when I, when I left London, and I was coming into America like, shoot, that's not going to touch us, you know, we cool here. And before you knew it, everything changed. And what we started to see was governors, kings, presidents start to realize how crazy this virus really was. And at that moment, they started making hard decisions. They started saying, you know what? We're going to just have a lockdown. Restaurants everywhere started to close. And I was like, it's amazing how those leaders decided to make that harsh of a decision because of the circumstance. You see, when I was preparing for, for this message, the, the, the example of 9-11 came to my, to my head of how, I, I don't remember any of that, but from people's recollections, everybody was in, was in complete fear. If you think about it, a lot of the regulations in the airport right now were established because of 9-11. And there's this common, thing that, this common thing that comes into play when people's backs are against the wall. When people don't know what to do, but they have to make the hardest decision ever. And if you're taking notes is the title of my message, desperate times, desperate measures desperate times, desperate measures. We see what happens is that every president, every governor, they have to make a decision that matches the circumstance. And as I was preparing, I don't know why, but I just started to have a holy anger because I started to think to myself, so many of us are going through so much, but yet we don't make the decisions that, are, that, that match the circumstance. Like, like, like I said, we're, we're dealing with things at home. We know what we're dealing with, but we come to the presence of God, and we're just like, ah. thank you, Jesus. I'm not saying that we need to pray harder, or this or that, but we come as if there's nothing wrong. We come to the house of God, and they're doing worship. They're, they're, they're worshiping. Everyone's worshiping, and God is moving. Miracles are in the midst, but you're standing like this and you're going back home to torment. It makes no sense at all. But that's why I believe God wants to tell us that desperate times call for desperate measures. Let's open our Bibles to Luke 19. And we're going to read from 1 to 7. Luke 19, we're going to read from 1 to 7. I'm sure a lot of us know the story. This is the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, 1 to 7. Is everybody there? If, you, if you're not there, the screen's right there. Luke 19, 1 to 7, I'll read. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was, a sh- he was of short stature. Four. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. Verse 5, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. Verse 6, so he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And verse 7, but when they saw they all complained, saying, he was, going, he was gone to be a guest with a man who was a sinner. Bless the reading of the word. What we have here is Jesus is walking through a city. He's walking through Jericho, and there's crowds. There's a lot of people following him. He's been doing miracles. He's been, you know, doing so many things. And we have a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Oh, Zacchaeus, a rich man, but he's short. <laughs> Sounds like Kevin Samuels a bit. <laughs> it's okay. Y'all don't need to worry about that. Um, a rich man, but he's short, and He's not looking for anything from Jesus. He just wants to see who this man is. He wants to see who is this man that people are talking about. So what does he do? He realizes that he's short, so he has to figure out a way that Jesus can notice him. So he finds a tree, how gutsy, and he climbs up. He climbs up because he understands that Jesus is coming that way. And what happens, and I, and I don't know why this just came to me. It's funny because it doesn't say that he, he screamed out to Jesus. It said Jesus saw him. If you're taking notes, my first point is this. Desperate times call for desperate boldness. Desperate times call for desperate boldness. You see, (laughs) what you don't understand is that moment that Zacchaeus made that choice to climb up that tree, he now separated himself. You see, when we come into the presence of God, we have to, I'm not saying we have to, but the things that when you create separation, People can now see. Jesus can now see that you're separate. If it wasn't for Zacchaeus climbing that tree, there would not be any separation. You see, so a lot of times, uh, uh, we're gripped by pride and fear. We come into the presence of God, and we know we're dealing with so much. We know that we just had a terrible dream. Something was chasing us in our dream. We come to church, and they have a prayer call. They say, "Come to the altar if you need prayer." Something has been chasing in your dreams. But that specific Sunday, you brought our friends to church. So in your head, you're like, huh. <laughs> but I don't want you know, him to make it. You know, I don't want them to think I just. <laughs> so we stop. We don't, we don't get what we need. Or I'll give another example. You've been tormented. You even have a documentation that's waiting in the office. It's been there for over a year. You come to the presence of God. The spirit is flowing. And instead of you to be worshiping, worshiping like you need something, worshiping God, asking him, falling on the ground, twirl, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not asking you to act a fool, but does that match the circumstance? That's all I'm saying. Does that match the circumstance you're in? <laughs> If you know the need, if you know that you need to be healed, I'm telling you right now, there's some people right now, if you say this, there is a cure for cancer in Arlington, Texas, the madness. People will be doing some crazy stuff. But every Sunday, even in your closet, because the presence of God is there too, every single day, you come into the presence of God, and there's, he has the cure for what you need. But still, you act like nothing is there. You act like nothing is there. You act as if like he can't give you what you need. <laughs> you see, when we choose boldness, guys, we have to realize that God in turn favors us because the things that the audacity to step out of what everyone else is doing, I must turn and look at that person. That's what God is saying when he sees your boldness. <laughs> Number two, my point is this, because we're going to shift a little bit. Desperate times call for desperate faith. Desperate times call for desperate faith. We're going to turn to Luke 8. Luke 8, 43 to 48. And I think we all know this story. It's about a woman with the issue of blood. We know that story, right? Cool. We've heard of it before. Luke 8. Luke 8, Luke 8. Mm. So I'm going to read from, to make sure you guys. yeah, I'm going to read from Luke 8, 43 to 48. So here we go. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately, her flow of blood stopped. 45, and Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with himself said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? 46, but Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceived power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. 48. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. You see, the Lord revealed to me that if expectation, because when we come into the presence of God, right, we have an expectation, right? And there's a common word, there's a common uh, statement that says expectation is the, I don't know if y'all... No, the... the, the, the okay. Expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. <laughs> expectation is the breeding ground for miracles. Now, the Lord revealed to me that if expectation is the breeding ground for miracles, faith is the enforcer of the miracle. Faith is the enforcer of the miracle. You see, if you guys don't know what a breeding ground is, a breeding ground is when you put two animals or you put... Two things that need to mate in one place and the breeding ground is is, it it heightens the chances of them breeding but you see what faith does is that it says screw the chances I need it I need it to happen that's what it says it forces the miracle to happen so we see in, in the book when the when the woman with the issue of blood comes to touch Jesus here's the thing I love how the Bible gives us context it says that she's went through so many physicians so many specialists And none of them could heal her. You see, in that, the Lord also reveals to me this. A lot of us understand the situation we're in, the circumstance we're in, but we're actually putting the energy, the desperation somewhere else. We're putting the desperation somewhere else. (laughs) We're dealing with certain addictions, but before we bring it to him, we're going to Google search it. We Google search it. Or we, we realize that we're, we're struggling with anger, but instead of us to actually commit it to him, we go and talk to a friend because the friend won't say anything. And you see, the problem here is that let it not be too late that you realize yeah. that you really need to actually get, that you need to bring it to God. You see, after all the no's, after all the procedures, after everything, the woman realized that there was only one, this is my last, yeah. the last thing I can trust in. The last thing, I don't believe I can go any further after this one. And that's why she put her faith in there. <laughs> you see, in, in the book of Hebrews, it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for and not seen, right? So you see, when the woman was touching the garment, she already saw her healing. She already saw her healing. She already saw it, and the the Lord was telling me that so many of us, because I I love what it says in the Passion Translation, Uh, I'm going to just read through it real quick, it says in in the same, in, in 46 of the Passion Translation, hear this guys, it says, Jesus replied, yes, but I felt power surge through me. Here's the part, someone touched me to be healed. Someone touched me to be healed. It's not that she just came to touch him and hopefully something happened. She had the intent before she even touched him. So what I'm saying is when you come to the presence of God, this is why I love Loladi always says she says that we have to come for an appointment. We're coming to the presence of God with an appointment. We have an appointment with Jesus Christ. Why are we coming to church if we don't have an appointment? Why are we coming to the presence of God if we're not trying to settle anything? If we're not trying to have an appointment with him? What are you saying in the presence of God? What are you doing in the presence of God? Why are you even trying to touch Jesus? So many of us have actually touched Jesus, but nothing has happened because we had no intention. We did it for a clout. We did it just so we can say that we feel the. i I'm telling you, we just did it so we can checkbox something, that we came to the presence of God. I'm telling you right now, what would be the difference if you actually came to the presence of God and touched him with intention, touched him so he can heal you, touched him so he can pay your bills off, touched him so he can make a way in your circumstance? How are we coming to the presence of God? Why are we coming to the presence of God? <laughs> you see... When we come to the presence of God with our own initiative, with our own thing, just to to do whatever we want to do, where is the faith in that? Where is the faith in that, guys? Where is the faith in that? As I move on, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm a soccer fan. (laughs) Thank you, Kennedy. (laughs) I love to watch soccer. And I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you guys know positions of soccer players, but specifically in soccer, there's a goalkeeper. Have you heard of that? A goalkeeper, which, <laughs> a goalie, a goalie, a goalie or a goalkeeper, and, and in soccer the goalkeeper's job is to make sure the, the ball does not go into the net. Now what's amazing is this, usually in the last minutes of a game, sometimes, let's say a team is losing one to zero, a lot of times what the team that is losing will do is that they'll send their goalie from their goalpost and go forward. They'll tear their goalie, go to the front, to hide in the chances that maybe we can score a last minute goal to keep going. And as I thought of that example, the Holy Spirit reveals to me that here's the thing, desperate times call for desperate sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) Desperate times call for desperate sacrifice. I know when our generation hears that word, we get so triggered because we think of money. We think of monetary value of monetary value. Can I tell you something in the story of Zacchaeus? Do you know what he had to sacrifice to go to that tree? A man that is rich. A man that is better than all these people in the, circum- in, the in the in the in the in the organogram of things. He had to sacrifice pride. He had to say that, you, well, I don't care how I look like. I'm just going to go up and hopefully I can see how this man looks like. The woman of the, with the issue of blood, you don't know how she looked like. She could have been skinny. She could have been frail. She had to sacrifice her own bodily strength to get through the crowd so she can touch the hem of Christ. It says in the Bible that she came to Jesus Christ trembling. She was frightened. She was trembling and saying that it's me that touched you. You don't know the sacrifice internally that she had to make just to actually touch his garments. <laughs> you see, I always think about things like, when it comes to sacrificing, you know, in, in the scripture, this there's, there's, uh, in regards to Solomon, there's the scripture, in Solomon, or sorry, not in Solomon, but regarding to Solomon, God did not ask him what he wanted until he sacrificed. You see, there's certain things that you've been wanting, that you've been asking God for that requires a sacrifice, not just prayer. Yeah. Yeah. It requires a, so- a sacrifice. And my question to you guys is, what are you guys willing to sacrifice? Yeah. You see, some of us, we can't even fast. The last time we fasted was last year doing uh, Grace to Authority. I'm not calling you out, but the thing is that with your issue, you should be fasting every week. I'm not trying to call you out, but with your issue, with the generational curses on your head, you should be fasting. You should be, you should be fasting constantly. You should be fasting constantly. There's certain things. I'm telling you, even to pray we can't even pray. I'm not talking about just praying for five minutes a day. I'm telling you, sacrifice your time. Go into your closet at 10 p.m. Go into your closet at 4 a.m. Sacrifice. Pray for four hours if you need to, because trust me, your circumstance needs it. Sacrifice, guys. We won't even serve, and I'm not talking about serving during the church hours. I'm talking about serving outside of church hours. That's a sacrifice, guys. There's a story of a woman I remember in a church I went to. She she had just started her business. She was struggling, and you know what she did? She would tithe a day, of the week to, for for the church. So she would work for free at the church. She would work for free at the church, and she would tithe. And when I look back at everything before I left Tulsa, I remember that her business was booming. It was it was it was it was it was, it was huge. And I thought to myself, of course, she would sacrifice a day. She would sacrifice herself to teach classes, unpaid, a woman who had just started her business. Sacrifice, guys. I know you guys don't wanna hear this one. And sometimes you have to sacrifice and sow a seed. (laughs) Let's be real. Sow a seed. Some of us, this is a common thing with our generation is that we like to do things when we have it all together. So so when I'm making a certain amount of money, God, I got you. I'll give it everything you bang. Can I tell you that even the little, God appreciates, even the little can move your mountain. Faith like a mustard seed, sacrifice like a mustard seed too. The little can cause God to even say, this is all she has. This is all she has. When we look in the scriptures, we look, I think, in, in, in Kings, we look at Elijah when, when he met the widow woman. She gave him the last. And because of the posture of giving him the last, what did God do? As she kept on baking, it kept on replicating more and more and more and more and more. The last. And guess what happened? At the end of the day, her son died. Can you tell me this? Her son died. Elijah pleaded to God, raise her son up. Why wouldn't God meet the need? Why would he not meet the need? Why would he not meet the need? With the sacrifice, the little that she had, she gave it to a servant of God. You see, it's important, right guys? It's important, man. And I I always ask myself, and I wanna ask you guys, is what are you willing to do? What are you guys willing to do that is required for your situation? What are you all willing to do Whether it's the boldness, the faith, the sacrifice, what is required for your circumstance? I want you to think to yourself, what is my circumstance? Have I even been doing what I need to be doing in regards to my circumstance? Because here's the thing. When you look back at your circumstance, and and this is the important thing, guys, is that if we don't make the move now, it's going to bite us later. It's going to bite us later. Because here's the thing. You may be struggling with pornography right now and you know it's a concern, you know it's a bad thing, but you're not, you're not making the necessary moves to actually to hit it and take it out of your life. But guess what happens? When you get married and it's still there, ooh, that's when it becomes a bad thing. That's when it becomes a, a major thing now. You have to do it now. Make the sacrifice now. If you understand the cycle, you see certain things in your parents that are now within your life, and you know that they're not good. You know that it's going to torment you. You know that it's going to lead you on a, on a bad route. Make the sacrifice now. Make the decisions now. Do what you need to do because here's the thing. You don't want a situation when it's too late. <laughs> you don't want a situation where you now are coming to God as your last option. Make him your first option. Actually, I want us to stand up. I think we're going to pray some prayers real quick. <laughs> we're going to pray some prayers real quick. Man. <laughs> yes, God. Hmm. You see, I think what the Holy Spirit is telling me is that a lot of, because I think what's happening is that it's hard for us to see the the, the, the need to approach these problems. We've been normalized by culture, normalized by Instagram. Our pain is everyone's pain, so it's okay. Our pain is everyone's pain, so it's okay. Everyone goes through it. I was fed that lie for the longest. Oh, it's okay because, bruh, I remember I saw this on Instagram, hey, be it's okay to be this way. But here's the thing, as a son and daughter of Christ, not for me not for me. We normalize that pain in our hip. We normalize the pain in our arm like it's okay. Everyone has a pain, right? Everyone's going through something. It's okay. We just have to tough it up. We just have to tough it up. When you have the key, when you have access to the one that can change your situation, is that really what you're saying? What have you unspiritualized? What have you unspiritualized? I know there's so many things out there. I know you may be dealing with depression. I know that we've normalized a lot of things. And yes, we should be aware. And I know that it's something that everyone deals with. But there's certain things that can be spiritualized. There's certain things that can be spiritualized, guys. We can't keep unspiritualizing our pain, our trauma. (laughs) We go to sleep sweating. We can't sleep normal. We think it's okay. No, it's not okay. It's not okay. God forbid you end up in the grave and people realize all these things. God forbid. At this moment, I want us to pray this prayer. Lord, every bondage, every pain, every torment of the enemy that I've normalized, unspiritualized, and made my normal, I come as a son and daughter. And I ask with the authority given to me, Lord, remove it. Pray that prayer. Heavenly Father God, I'm asking right now as a son and daughter, the bondages, the torments, God, the things that I've normalized that are my pain, God, I pray Heavenly Father God, remove it, Lord. I'm no longer going to make it my normal. I use you. I say Heavenly Father God, everything that I've been dealing with Heavenly Father God, that I've normalized and spiritualized, God, I pray Heavenly Father right now, remove it, God. That thing, that doctor's report, Heavenly Father God, the debt, Heavenly Father God, the thing that I've been dealing with at night, the thing I've been dreaming about, God, the labels what I pray, God, remove that thing from me, God. I pray for a removal Lord, a removal God, Lord that lump, whatever it is, God I pray, remove it, God. I ask, Lord and I use and I decree as I come to, a, to you as a son and daughter, God remove that thing, Heavenly Father, God no longer will I struggle, no longer will I be in this pain, no longer Heavenly Father, God, will I continue to go through the cycles of rejection, no longer will I go through the cycles of failure at the edge of success, no longer will I normalize failure, no longer will I normalize abuse, no longer God I pray right now for removal, remove me from that situation, remove me from those friends, remove me from that thing God, no longer will I be in that circumstance Heavenly Father God in the mighty name of Jesus we pray, amen the last prayer point I want us to pray is the boldness, the faith and the sacrifice that is needed for my circumstance God I receive it The boldness, the sacrifice, and the faith that is needed for my circumstance, God. I receive it. Pray that prayer. Heavenly Father, God, I come to you, Lord. That boldness, God, the sacrifice, Lord, the faith that is needed, God, for my circumstance, God, I receive it, Lord. I ask Jesus Christ. I receive that thing. That thing, Heavenly Father, God, the the, the faith, Lord, the the sacrifice, God, the boldness, Lord, for my circumstance, God. I receive it wholeheartedly, God. I receive it, Heavenly Father, God. That boldness, God, the boldness to do what others cannot do, The, 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 the sacrifice, Lord, the sacrificial aspect, Lord. To, to give time like no other can give God to give a seed to sow a seed like no others can God I receive that thing oh Lord that faith that is needed God the faith that is needed to move my mountain the faith that is needed to move my circumstance the faith that is needed to believe for healing God I ask and I receive it God I receive that heavenly father God in the mighty name of Jesus we pray amen at this time at this moment we're going to make a call for any of the people who want to give their life to Christ we're going to say this all together because here's the thing Spiritual warfare is real, and there's some people in here who may not know Christ that have been going through some of these things that we've been talking about sleepless nights, torments, anxiety, depression, all these things. And to you, you don't know what it is. You don't, you didn't know that there was you you could access uh, the key, you didn't know that you could access this healing, you didn't know that this was possible. And even if you didn't know, and even if maybe you've given your life to Christ before and you want to to, to rededicate it, this is your moment right now. Whether you're in here or online, I want you to close your eyes as we say this prayer. Yes, God. Right now we'll say this prayer. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change into the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just give a shout of praise real quick? The last thing I want to leave you guys with, I know a ghost is going to come up here, and for those that gave their life to Christ, that will be your time to signify. But I want you all to know, guys, as members of the GAP Church, whether you're watching online or in person, guys, the devil's out here. I remember I was watching the news recently, and I don't, I don't remember. I've seen so many neg- negative reports back to back. And it's not just a robbing here or this here. All death. Just death. One after the other. The devil is prowling. He's looking around. And we have to be alert of the little vices he may be using against us right now that can lead to a slow death we have to be vigilant what do we need to do at home what do we need to do in our prayer class what do we need to do when we come to the presence of God what are those decisions we need to make guys at the gap church no 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 we're not gonna let the devil go easy no we're not going to we're gonna give a fight and here's the thing we already know the we already know the, the, the winner of the battle so it's Jesus Christ we're on the winning side so guys as we go into this week stay desperate Make sure you do what you need to do. If you feel that pain, start declaring whatever you need to declare. If you remember that circumstance, that paper that's probably on somebody's somebody's desk that is your acceptance letter or your job, whatever, your job interview. Start praying right now. You gotta start praying it into existence. Because we're not just gonna wait around for things to come together. We have the authority, guys. And I believe that through this week, we'll be grace for it, we'll be authority for it. And I believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations. We celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.